Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, and welcome to podcast episode number 262. Okay, so I have a cool treat for you for this week's podcast, but it comes with a little bit of a disclaimer here. So the audio is going to start out totally sucky. All right, so please save me the hate mail. But a while back, I caught up with my friend Chris Peranto to ask him some questions that readers had sent in. And this is a rare chance to be a fly on the wall and listen in our, on our conversation and his responses. Problem is, it starts off in a cafe. And then, because of all the background noise, we finally moved it out to the outdoors. So I apologize in advance for the audio issues, and I've done the best I can with editing out as much as possible. However, anytime I can get Chris to answer some tactical questions, I'll do whatever it takes to get it out to you, sucky noise and all. So give it a few minutes until we get to some clear audio. And if you still don't like the sound, go ahead and feel free just to download this week's free show notes that will give you a simple cheat sheet of the questions and Chris's answers. All you have to do is go to www.mcsmagazine.com 262 and download it all absolutely free. Okay, now to give you a little bit of relief here, I'm going to go ahead and do my own intro for Chris rather than having you listen to the one with women ordering mocha lattes in the background, all right? So I think most of you have already heard of Chris. He's nicknamed Chris Tanto Peranto for his fondness of Tanto knives during his time in the Army and as a military contractor. Now, Chris was an Army Ranger with the 75th Regiment, but you'll know him better as one of the Benghazi Six, the military contractors who disobeyed stand-down orders to travel out into the mass chaos that was happening in Benghazi, Libya during the attacks of September 11, 2012. And they set out to order, set out in order to save the Americans that were trapped by the violent mobs there. Now the ordeal was six courageous heroes, basically um, out there for 13 hours in mass pandemonium and chaos. And it later became a book and a movie known as 13 Hours. Highly recommended you get both the book and watch the movie there. And Chris gives us a glimpse into how his training and his experiences can help anyone be safe and protect themselves during even the most violent scenarios. Now, there's a lot of great tips in the short chat we had, so let's go ahead and sit down in the cafe now. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Let me go ahead and uh, I'll start the I'll start the recording here. Yeah, this uh, so let's everybody. We're gonna go ahead and start the recording. We'll start the event here because we we'll only have a little bit of time with Chris, but uh, sitting at a cafe. So this is gonna make for a very interesting listening uh, <laughs> in for everybody around us. But um, we'll try to keep it as tame as possible. But so let's no, everybody. Hey, no. everyone, this is Jeff. <laughs> This is Jeff Anderson, uh, executive director for New World Patriot Alliance and and uh, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine. So, Chris, um, this is just kind of an informal Q&A, man. But uh, yeah. so we had some people that did submit some questions, and really it's just tapping into your unique experience with different stuff that you've gone through and just um, people have uh, some different things. And we got some we got some really good ones in here. Um, and I'll try and short shortcut some of these because I know, I know you're kind of short on time, but... Um, this is one that I really wanted to ask you also. This comes, I'm going to pull this one out. So Earl from Phoenix, Arizona says, mm-hmm. I, live in an apartment, um, I live in an apartment complex and I don't have a lot of security options like homeowner might because I can't do a lot of modifications to the property. What home defense and security preparations would you suggest for a renter like me? And I think we expand on this a little bit more for everybody. You know, 
your ability to do a security assessment to me really stood out. So what are some of the things that you look for, whether it's somebody and you're doing a security assessment on, like, a building complex or sure. whether it was, you know what I mean? So what are some of the things that you specifically look for as threat areas? Well, and, and, you know, we're pulling it from the Middle East to, to be in a CONUS, to be in, in the U.S. So, right. of course, it's going to be a, a little bit more tame. But first thing you want to look at is, is the neighbors. You want to look at the area. You want to look at, hey, what what kind of area am I moving into? What do the people look like around here? Um, do they look shady, with lack of a better term? Um, does it look dangerous where I'm going to be living at? Uh, so with this gentleman with his apartment, first thing you got to do is when you come in, now he's already there, so he might be stuck in the lease. This is how it goes. But when, you, when you're going to be moving into an apartment complex or someplace like, like that, a condo where there's multiple tenants, you want to see what those tenants look like. You also want to see... Brother, and you, it's not being judgmental. You want to look at the vehicles. What are you looking at? Are they well kept? Are there a bunch of dumpy vehicles around? It, it does. I hate to say it, but it does sort of show what kind of people that you're, you're around. Uh, and that's just how it is. That's, that's, that's life. I'm not PC. I'm not going to even try to be. And I'm, I'm, people may, may disagree with me, but I'm, you're, you know, I, I guarantee you'll find out that, that if you did your test around just seeing, what people are wearing, um, not being judgmental. This is just how it is. This is life. The cars, the, 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 the facility itself, is it well kept? Um, and, and uh, you know, even what you're worried about, that, that's going to kind of give you an idea of the kind of type of people that you're living around. Um, you know, Phoenix, and I can't remember if Phoenix has CCW or not, but I am a Second Amendment person. Yeah, they do. And, okay, good. Then, then arm yourself. Have something there. I'm not saying you have to carry it around. Want it. Show it off. Just it's good to have a home defense weapon because by the time you need it and you don't have it, that's the worst time you're going to need. The <laughs> worst time you're going to need it. Um, and then just you have to stay aware, be alert. You know where where are you located? Is your if you're if you're looking at an apartment, it's located down a hallway and the hallway's not lit very well. You know maybe be aware of of uh, of first of all renting that apartment. Second of all getting with the management and fixing, fixing the area, making it well-lit areas, making the parking lot well-lit. Um, it's just simple things like that that, that you can handle, and, and you're working with the, uh, with the management to, to take care of those things. Um, it's all about being aware of your surroundings. The first line of defense for anything is being vigilant. And if you're vigilant and you make yourself a hard target utilizing everything that you have at your disposal, being from well-lighted areas, being to ease of access to your facility, to uh, seeing if there are security. Maybe there's a roving security on site and getting to know those people and having a relationship with them. That's going to make you a hard target. And whoever's going to be able to, whoever wants to attack you, mug you, uh, rob you, whatever, it's they're going to go to somebody that's easier. And then, yeah, you do find out if you can do any kind of modifications for your apartment itself. I strongly believe in in having an alarm system. If they won't let you have an alarm system, if that's not a well-known fact, go buy the sign. Put it on your door. Say like a, like an ADT sign or something that usually helps when you're away. Have some boots or something set out, especially if you're a woman. Put man's boot. And this is this. I know people probably heard this a million times, but it works. Put male shoes outside, size 16. You know what I'm saying? Something to make you like, hey, I got a big dude living with me here. Um, yeah, it's it just, it's just, it's all about making yourself a hard target. You don't want to get to a point where you actually have to respond. You want to be proactive and not reactive. But then also having a weapon that you know how to use, that you're proficient in, that you're comfortable with, 
that is when, if you do have to be reactive and you have that in your apartment, you have it by your bedside, hey, that's then you've covered that base as well. So um, always, you know, I think what, what we really try to do overseas too, and what I even do at my own place, at my own house, and what I do when I'm in the States, is if even if you're not paying attention to what's going on around you, but you look like you are, like always looking around when you get out of the car, surveying or surveying the scene, the, the bad guys, the guys that want to attack you, they're going to catch up on that. And they're going to say, wow, this guy's very aware of what's going on around him. Why don't we attack that lady that's getting out of her car that is always looking down at her cell phone? That's what they're going to do. I mean, that's that's what – I'm not a criminal, but I, I know I could be a real good one if I wanted to. And that's what I would sure. Do. So does yeah, that make but, sense? By the way, I, I think just, I, it, it makes total sense. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I think in 11 years, nobody's ever brought up the boots. So that's a, that's a golden nugget <laughs> that, that's never been brought up before. So size 16 <laughs> badass motorcycle boots work really exactly. well. It, it works. I'm telling you, it works. It just it it yeah. makes got people think. And then apartments, you can't have pets if you can. You don't need to have a big dog. Having just something, the little yip, the little yip yip dogs, those are better alarm systems than the big dogs because they're always barking. But then again, you might piss off your tenants and you may not have be at your apartment for very long. So you kind of have to gauge your pets. But having a pet, having a very well trained pet, and the size makes no difference. Even the little dogs are good alarm systems. Believe me, when when things start getting close. Uh, Melissa from Los Angeles says, I faint whenever I get my blood drawn, like actually pass out. The idea of dealing with <laughs> violence makes me feel nauseous, but I desperately want to protect my family. How can I work on improving my mindset to deal with the reality of using force to defend my loved ones? This one's always kind of hard, especially I think for, you know, for those of us that have been in combat and stuff, it's, it's kind of hard to try to transplant what you can only learn from experience. But what do you tell people yeah. when it comes to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do, and that, that's tough. It's it's a, um, being able to to utilize violence to protect yourself, or and I don't. I, I hate saying violence. It's, it's self defense. First of all, I, I think that's your biggest thing is getting it out of your head that it's violence. It's not. You're defending yourself. It's self defense, and it's okay to do that. If you're a Christian, it, it that was that's fine. I mean, there's the verse John fifteen thirteen. Love is no greater than the, greater than this that a man lay down his life for his friend. I mean, that's that's utilizing violence to protect others, even if that means sacrificing yourself. So, when I'm answering that question, first of all, you got to get out of your head that it's it's not violent. You're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing bad about it. Now, if it's just a squeamishness, yeah, you, you just got to get over that. And that's a mindset where where get your blood drawn. If they say, hey, can we anything that might involve a needle at the doctor's office? You got to train yourself to get used to it. Use it. Say, uh, do you want to take a pill or do you want to get a shot? Do the shot. All right. I, that's the only way you're going to get used to to being around uh, objects or being around pain or, or or seeing things that that are you're uncomfortable with to begin with. Uh, the only way you can train yourself there is by actually doing it. Uh, you know. Also, I, I would, I would, I would go to a range, go to a gun range, being able to to have a gun that gets your head and it does give people confidence. It does, especially in self-defense. And that goes beyond, above and beyond just being trained with a weapon. It's a mindset. It's a combat mindset you have to have. And that is to protect others, not to get in the fights, not to go out and shoot anybody, not to hurt anybody that's coming to them. And, but you have to get that mindset down. And that's the only way you can do it is, is getting in with firearms, um, going in and working with people, uh, Get, pick up books and read. 
read about read about battles, read about combat. And I think when you do see that, and you re- or read about, uh, and you don't need to get these philosophical things. You want to read real stories about people that actually went through things, went through things uh, that that there were negatives, there were crisis situations, and then they came out of it. Um, I, I thirteen hours is a perfect example. I'm not saying God, I'm not trying to push the book, not at all. <laughs> but but stories like that where you can read about heroism and about sacrifice, um, it really turns your mind into. Uh, into having that that mindset that it's okay if I get out there and I defend people. It's okay if I get out there and I I may have to hurt somebody. And yes, there's going to be blood involved. Yes, there might be there might be some atrocious pictures that you might see. But the only way you're going to be able to deal with that is you've got to experience it. And if you can't experience it real world, which is hard to do unless you're overseas you have to do it the best thing you have and that's with pictures that's with reading that's with uh that's with that don't get on and watch youtube and watch that people cutting off people's heads videos that's that's not what you want you want something that that shows heroism even though there might be some sacrifice along with it which where people died and i said as much as you can you know we go get your blood drawn whenever you need your blood drawn don't fight it go do it and look at it watch it watch why they're doing it watch them watch that needle go in your arm watch the blood come out you can only get that's the only way you get used to stuff like that and um funny, or, you know my son and i were just having go ahead, go ahead no, i was just gonna say it's funny it's funny because my son and i were just having that conversation my 14 year old has to get his blood drawn he's like so what am i gonna i mean is it gonna be a long like the blood it's not just like a shot they're gonna hold <laughs> it in there and it's like you know the only thing i can say buddy is that i've learned to just kind of like look forward to it almost like, you know, I watch yeah. them put it in. It's like, it's like really embracing something that is normally out of people's comfort zone. Not only gets you used to it, but it gets you like where it becomes a, like, not a norm, but it's just, it's a unique, it's a unique little mind twist. It is. It, it, yeah. You're right. It, it is. It, it, I actually, and I do, I actually, actually like seeing a blood drawn. I won't, I think it's crazy. Look at all that stuff. Yeah. And then you walk away from it and you're fine. You say, hey, I'm not dead. It's just blood's coming back. It, 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 is, is a, it is a complete it is a complete mind. <laughs> I can't use the F word, but that's what it is. That's, it's a complete mind F that you got to do to yourself. And you know, and then you just have to say, you just have to suck it up. I, I hate to say, say anything more. I wish I could say something more philosophical than that. I would say something more intelligent, but it's nothing more than you just kind of suck it up, look at it. It's part of life. That's how it goes. If you want to protect your family, you have to accept that. And when the time comes, that your instinct, everybody's instinct, is to run away, is to go away because of the possibility of death, possibility of hurting yourself, possibility of hurting others, possibility of seeing blood and guts. And you have to fight that urge, and you have to go towards it. And it, it's just not something in most people that you can just turn on. And I, like I was telling her, what, what was her name? I'm sorry. I forgot her name. I'm sorry, darling. Melissa. I forgot your name. Melissa. 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 Uh, if you can't do it, real world, which you can always join the Army or join the, the Navy or the Marines or something and go experience that. Um, if you can't do that, you know, then, then you got to do it via reading. Uh, maybe even possibly if you can, if there's a – a volunteer network to ride along with sheriff and police, do that. Uh, and you have to experience that. You do. You just got to experience it firsthand. Or if it's secondhand, it's via a lot of reading. 
and and a, a, a lot of learning about uh, heroism in combat. And, and then you see yeah. the positives of, of, of the uh, positives. Of, and there's positives in combat, positives of, of sacrificing yourself in the courageous acts. And that's that's what you want to key on. Not the not the negative. It's courageous to defend yourself. Sometimes it's going to yeah. cause blood and pain. Yeah. Uh, you got time for one more here? Yeah, brother. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I was okay. rambling. Sorry about that. No, no, no. It's okay. I just want to make sure we um, we get to as many of these as possible. Um, Bob T. from Gainesville, Florida says, Social chaos scares the crap out of me with what I've seen in events like Ferguson, Missouri. It seems like when the rule of law is out the door, it's every man for himself. How do I protect my family when literally every single person I encounter might represent a threat? People who yesterday were just my neighbors or the other guy at the grocery store. So this is kind of a first-hand experience thing for you, Chris, where... You know, especially when you're, do, you're, you're doing military contracting overseas where you really literally don't know if the person buying oranges next to you is, is, you know, strapped with a bomb or, or, you know, or what is yeah. going to open fire or is just a guy buying food for his family. So, um, when, when things get really tense and there's, there's tension, like a, some sort of a social chaos or civil unrest event. Yeah. What are the things that, that you find now, especially from your experience are important for, for protecting your family, especially when you don't know who, sure. you know, who's around the corner. Sure. Well, I, I, the first thing is, is, is staying vigilant again, as you, it's, it, I think that's the primary is always being aware, always being around your surroundings, always looking and even just looking at the person itself. Now we're talking about an individual and when you're looking at an individual to see if they are up to something nefarious or want to hurt you, Honestly, the signs are, are very, very plain and out in the open. Uh, there, there are very few that can hide their emotions when they're going to do something, uh, something criminal. Uh, they're going to do something deviant. And you can see it just by their mannerisms. You'll see them tense up. You'll see them get a little nervous. You'll see them just acting out of the ordinary. They're, they're, unless they're well trained, their speech patterns will, their speech patterns will change. They'll speed up. They, sometimes they won't even make much sense. Um, their concentration is there. It's another thing. So you actually have to watch that person. You have to look at them and, and, and say, okay, what's going on here? This looks very odd. Um, this guy's dropping. He's, he's buying apples at the store and he keeps dropping them. Okay. There's, there's a red flag. Let's watch him a little bit closer. And when you start to see that, or just even at sixth sense, you get that sense that, Hey, I'm not in the right place. Don't be a tough guy, especially with your family. Move out, move out smartly. Go somewhere else. Get out of there. There's no reason that you have to confront a problem, especially if you're with your family and your kids, putting your family and your kids at risk just because you want to – don't try to be a hero. If you're trying to be a hero, bad things are going to happen to you. Hero, he, hero, heroism doesn't come because you go looking for it. Heroism comes – and I use that term loosely because I, I don't like – I don't like to refer to that, but I know that's how people understand it. Heroism comes when you're putting a situation that you didn't want to be, you didn't expect to be, and you went towards a gunfire and not away. But if you're being, if you sense that, that there's a problem in your area, especially um, uh, Ferguson's, uh, honestly, Ferguson's a bad example. If you're in Ferguson and you're in the area right when when things are going bad, when there's uh, protests and you're, you're wrong. You should be gone already. Screwed up already. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're. But, but yeah, I understand. If you're at the store, because you do, you have to. And, and what what we look for, and what I look for, and I even still, I do this in the states still, 
is you come in, let's say come into a restaurant. I'll give you an example. Come into a restaurant. Um, I will survey the surroundings first. Who's here? Who's sitting by themselves? Who's sitting with a group of people? Are they laughing? Are they arguing? Um, if that person's sitting by himself, is he looking at his cell phone or is he just staring blankly in the distance? I mean, if they're actually, uh, actually doing something, normally you're okay. People that are in a party, not going to have to worry about it. If a guy's sitting by himself, but he's on his phone or he's ta- talking to somebody, normally they're okay. It's that person that is kind of staring blankly and, and just looks agitated. Uh, that's, then, then you got to kind of keep an eye on him, but he may just be having a bad day as well. Um, it, it's all about the individual and what they are doing that looks out of the ordinary. Um, and like I said, I, I gave some examples already. Another thing that would look out of the ordinary is, you know, the guy's sweating. <laughs> if we're not outside or in a rush, that ha- people don't realize. They think that's the movies. It's not. Um, it's very hard unless you're a professional to keep your emotions, your innate emotions, your emotions that are come out naturally in check. It's hard to control your sweat glands. It's hard to control your mannerisms unless you've been trained to do it. Now, if you've been trained to do it, honestly, brother, you're just going to have to be reactive and deal with the situation what happens. That just means they're good. They're professional. They know what they're doing. And it, but it doesn't come around that often. Um, and if that's the case, that's where plan B comes into it. Have your CCW. Be able to have, you don't have to draw down on the guy, but have an escape plan. Have the ability to get out of there if you need to, if you're with your family. Now, that being said, again, I'll be honest with you, most people, would I, would I go the other way if somebody is starting to do bad things to people in a restaurant? I wouldn't, even if I was with my family. I would get them out of there. Say, hey, uh, you know, if I was with my ex or if I'm, if it's just me and the kids, kids get under the table daddy's got to go handle some problems here and, and hopefully i get through it which i think i would but uh it's also at the beginning though is being vigilant and if i see something's wrong if there's something that i need to monitor then either i decide to go to another place which or you make those people that are that person aware that you're aware of them and that again you've become a hard target now and they may move somewhere else. I do that quite often where I'll see something that may look out of the ordinary and I'll make sure I get in their line of sight and I'll keep looking at them or I'll make sure. And, and sometimes, sometimes it makes them uncomfortable and it's just, it's, it's wrong and, and they may get upset with me, but it's all about safety and it's all about being, you know, you want your people, you want people to get home. You want your family to get home. You want to keep people alive. And if that means that you may be making him uncomfortable just because you're being safe and say, and you want to make them aware that you're aware of them, that they're maybe doing something nefarious. Well, that's how it is. Just be ready to defend yourself because it may just, it, it may turn into something else. It may turn into a, uh, it may turn into a, to a, a fight. Uh, fight's a bad word. Help me out with my language or ranger language. It may turn into something that, it may turn into something that, that's negative that didn't need to be. Uh, but trust your yeah. gut. Your gut is almost always right. And, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not condoning running away. That's not what I'm saying. But you do have to think about others, especially when, when you're not by yourself. And if you're by yourself and you see something that's wrong, um, and you see something that might go south, uh, gosh, I, and I don't, I don't want to turn into people into vigilantes. That's not what I'm saying, but you, you, you do want to stick. No, I think, I, I think you're doing a good job of it. I mean, I think it's, you know, a lot of it really comes down to really who you are. Another, another person had a question about like the, um, in, increasing your mental reaction in emergency with the 
the observe, orient, decide, and act, and like how do you short process? And you know, I think, like you say, if you have a plan ahead of time, and if you're assessing something, part of it is knowing what I hear you saying, and part of it is really knowing, being aware of your surroundings, first of all, so that you don't have to orient on where the exit is. You already knew where the exit was. Um, you know, your family already knowing how to react. You don't have to take the time when an altercation is happening to tell them how to react. You know, it's just different stuff like that that can shorten up your ability to assess the situation and make the right decision as quickly as possible. Uh, and you, you, I'm glad you put it more succinctly than I did to see how good you are and how dumb I am. But I, <laughs> I do. I, you know, you know, brother, it, when it all comes down to it, it, it is being able to assess situations. And that's yeah. why when people come out and all these different operators come out with different ways to defend, to protect, it's always being assessed. It's always assessing right. first, looking at your surroundings, and, and then making a determination. Um, it's like I did when I walked into this restaurant here. It's, it's empty. There's a couple people in here. Um, no, I, I don't feel threatened at all. I'm, I feel just comfortable. I can talk to you on the phone and, and be okay with it. I did my assessment yeah. when I walked in. It, it, you just can't be blind. People love to be blind nowadays and love to love to be ignorant and love to be oblivious, thinking because I'm oblivious, nothing's going to happen to me. That is, that's when you're a target, yeah. and that's when yeah. things are going to happen. Awesome. Awesome. Chris, thanks so much, man. I know you got to get going. Uh, listen, everybody, uh, go check out Chris's uh, site at chrisantoparanto.com. And listen, the books that he's talking about, like finding books on heroism and, and things like that, that's, I've never heard that tip before. It makes a lot of sense. And if you think about it in terms of, like, if you're trying to lose weight and you're looking at a fitness magazine, it's inspiring, right? When you see those bodies and you see what yes. you're capable of, it, it's very inspiring to go to the gym and to try and achieve that kind of a physique. Same thing for, like, guys in bodybuilding magazines. Well, reading stories of heroism and acts of courage in times of violence can really help to do that same kind of inspiration and connect it all together for you with the actions and the reason why you do stuff. So I think that was, a, that was a great tip also. So, Chris, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you taking some time for us today, and um, we'll hook up again soon. Thanks, bro. Thanks for being patient with me, too. has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.